0: Welcome to the Christchurch Winston-Salem podcast. To learn more about Christchurch, visit us at Christchurchws.org. Subscribe to our podcast at our website, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Father in heaven, we, we come to you through your Son by the Spirit this morning, recognizing that you are a God who created, who worked many signs and miracles, and who will one day recreate this whole world. Lord, help us to see your loving personality in all of that. Help us to not only think theologically about the signs that Jesus performed, but to feel deeply down in our souls that he is who he says he was, that he is the Christ, the Son of God, and that we might believe and have life in his name. Be with us now. Help us, help me to speak, help us to hear by your Spirit and to be changed. We'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. may be seated most of life most of us skim along the surface and we distract ourselves we distract ourselves with headline news and entertainment or just plain being busy this week I had the pleasure of escaping the frenzied distraction of normal life into the magical land of jury duty. For three days, I witnessed, and in all seriousness, I witnessed one of the most beautiful things that you can experience in life, the jury selection process. I knew that was going to be a joke. I didn't mean it to be. I observed people from all walks of life, come together, sharing some of the most difficult parts of their life story. Being treated with dignity and empathy and respect, with the warmth and affection that comes when you open up your life to those around you, and when those around you show their scars too. And reflect on the countless ways that our life stories overlap. They intersect with one another. I laughed and cried a lot this week. I laughed with hundreds of others on cue as the same questions were asked and answered over and over again. And I cried when hearing of countless miscarriages. I can't can't count them all. Stillborn children. Children who died before their parents. Women who struggled through many surgeries to have children who never conceived. Women who struggled to have children and at long last the long-awaited child was born. Women and men who struggled through multiple marriages chasing the dream of the perfect peaceful family. Tragedy after tragedy, hardship after hardship, I sat and listened to the stories of dozens of people just like you and me. It was like being in a life group with everyone sworn in, under oath, legally obligated to answer every question asked with raw vulnerability and complete honesty, which is really hard to do. As I sat there waiting for my name to be called, the question that kept coming into my mind was this, how does the gospel, how does the good news about Jesus, how does the gospel speak into all of these human stories? How does the the story about Jesus overlap with all of these other stories, And more specifically, in the Gospel of John, how does turning water into wine at a wedding in Cana apply to our lives and all the lives and stories that I heard this week? And here are my three reflections from the courthouse. Number one, Jesus cares about physical restoration. Jesus cares about physical restoration If you've grown up in church, the gospel of John gets a bad rap. The language of John's gospel is very familiar to us, even if you didn't know it. You see, the synoptic gospels, they talk a lot about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. But in John, he speaks a whole lot about believing, about believing in Jesus so that we might inherit eternal life. Believe in Jesus and you will inherit eternal life. Most of my life I was taught that Jesus would sweep me away from this earth into heaven, leaving all this broken physical existence behind. Believe in Jesus, go up to the clouds, and be super spiritual forever. But this is not the gospel. In our reading this morning, John's gospel and Jesus's public ministry begins with the miracle of Jesus turning water into wine. And John writes at the end of that reading, if you you heard this morning, that this was the first of the signs at Cana in Galilee that manifested the glory of Jesus and his disciples, and there's that word, believed in him. John draws our attention to this sign of turning water into wine, which is the first of seven miracles in John's gospel to go along with seven I am statements that go along with seven other I am statements, which go along with uh, seven disciples getting into a fishing boat and eating physical fish with a physically resurrected Jesus. And there's many more of this pattern. And the seven signs in the gospel of John, turning water into wine, healing a dying son, healing a paraplegic, multiplying bread and fish to feed 5,000, walking on water, healing a blind man, and last, lastly, raising Lazarus from the dead. Seven physical signs. Why seven? Seven. Well, in Scripture, the number seven is about completeness or in fullness. You heard me mention uh, John chapter 21 just a moment ago. There are seven disciples. It's kind of awkward, actually, that he counts out these seven who got onto this boat and they ate fish with the risen Lord. And this number seven invites us into this this scene. He's talking about the fullness of the disciples, not just the 12 disciples, but all the other disciples that were probably present. And with them, we are present at that meal as we read the scriptures. John writes in the book of Revelation to seven churches, which means he's writing to all the churches, the complete churches everywhere. In John chapter 20, In verse 30 and 31, John says that Jesus did many other signs, but these, the the seven signs that he wrote about in this gospel, these were written so that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing we might have life in his name. The number seven is a very Jewish way a very biblical way of saying that these seven signs recounted in John's gospel are enough. They are an accurate, sufficient, and complete summary of Jesus's miracles so that we might believe, that we might be born again, as he says in John chapter 3, by the Spirit and inherit eternal life. But even as I say that, We hear that sentence and we interpret it spiritually. All of the seven signs in the Gospel of John point to physical reality. The Gospel is the answer to our normal physical longings. A man's son is dying and Jesus heals him. A man crippled from birth whose atrophied muscles have never felt the weight of walking upright gets up and walks. The sight of the blind is restored. The Lord of the natural world walks on the water. The dead are raised to life. All of the hungry are fed with real loaves of bread, with real fish. The wine at the wedding never runs out when the Lord is with us. All of us in this room... We labor and we toil day, most days of our week so that we can just put enough food on the table and survive. We need to work just enough hours to keep our medical benefits so that we can pay for the medicine that will trick our physical brains into not responding to our broken physical body, to numb the accumulated pain of living life, And just like all the stories I heard this week in jury duty, every one of us in this room has a story filled with physical loss, with the endless cycle of work in order to put food on the table, to take our kids to the doctor, and to just make it through. Most of us have been trained to think that coming to church on Sunday is supposed to be an escape from all that physical tragedy. We've been told that the gospel is spiritual. It is wish fulfillment and escapism about going to heaven and a getting, getting away from all this earthly decay. We come together to sing cathartic songs, to distract ourselves from all the normal pains of life. But this is not the gospel. The gospel is not a distraction from physical reality. It's not a story about escaping the physical into the spiritual, about leaving earth and going to heaven. It is the other way around. Jesus's ministry was filled with countless physical miracles. Jesus cares about physical restoration. Secondly, Jesus cares about restoring relationships. Jesus cares about restoring relationships. All of us in this room, we labor and toil most days for more than just the alleviation of pain. We don't just want to not feel pain, we want to feel joy, to feel loved, to have friends, to live a life full of meaningful relationships. We tell ourselves, Maybe if I'm lucky, if I work hard enough, if I go to the gym, if I say enough prayers and read my Bible, if I eat healthy food, I might just have a little bit of extra time to really enjoy life. Throw a party, go on a date, play a board game, relax with longtime friends, have enough time in our day to make new friends. We don't want to simply not have physical pain. We want to experience joy in relationship, perhaps the most meaningful human experience that there is in life. Why does John tell us that the in-secret miracle that only a few servants are in on why does he tell us that this in-secret miracle of turning water into wine was the first of the seven signs? Compared to healing a dying son, restoring the ability to see, the ability to walk, restoring people from the dead, compared to all that, why is giving more, better wine to a people who've been drinking too fast and the wine ran out. Why is giving more, better wine to a bunch of people at a party the first sign? Because the gospel is not only about being restored in relationship to our Heavenly Father. The gospel is centrally about restoring our relationship with one another. In 1 John... In 1 John from the very first verse listen to this hear this 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1 that which was from the beginning starts a lot like the gospel of John which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we looked upon and have touched with our hands We proclaim Jesus, and the first thing he says is so that we will have restored fellowship with each other. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Our joy may be complete. The gospel begins with Jesus turning water into wine at a wedding, and this is not meaningless in comparison to the resurrection of Lazarus. This is what resurrection is all about, to be restored physically and spiritually so that We have restored relationship with God and with one another. Jesus cares about restoring relationships. One reason why we say life groups are central to the life of Christ church is because without one another, without restored relationship with each other, if we don't have that, then we are not participating in and receiving the fullness of the gospel. So here's an exhortation. If you're not in a life group, join one. (laughs) Or talk to me about starting a new one because we need more. But this isn't about growing a ministry. This is about experiencing complete joy in restored relationship. You don't have to join a life group. You could go to lunch right after this service. You don't have to come to Bible reading on Thursday night, shameless plug. You can go play games with Jan. Reading your Bible being faithful to a group of people in a life group, faithful attendance in worship every Sunday morning, all of these are indispensable to me and bring me great joy. But trivia night at Joymongers, or taking time out of your day to take your children to visit a shut in, or crocheting with the girls, or going out for breakfast or coffee. Just hanging out in restored and joy-filled relationship is central to what Jesus is doing in the world. Jesus cares about restoring relationship. So that's the second thing. And there are so many more things, just like John said. There's so many more things that I want to say, uh, but I'm going to end with this one. Lastly, number three, join the family business join the family business. The Gospel of John begins before the beginning. Jesus was in the beginning, speaking the world into existence. One with the Father, Jesus separated the waters. He spoke and grapes on vines became reality. He spoke And the sun shined by day, and when water was mixed with grapes, this is about as much science as I know, all of this together became something greater, wine. If I could risk paraphrasing C.S. Lewis, he once wrote that the miracles of Jesus were not weird. They were not weird. He didn't make two plus two equal five. He didn't make water talk. He didn't make pigs fly. He made water into wine. Lewis says that the father and the son have a, quote, family style. A family style. From the beginning of creation, he has made water into wine And at this wedding in Cana, he just did it a little faster. Fish multiply in rivers every day. Wheat is harvested and ground and multiplied into loaves of bread every day. Come to my house. We don't do the harvesting and the grinding part, but Jody makes great bread. (laughs) You see, from the beginning of time, Jesus made our bodies able to fight infections, able to walk, able to see, full of life and vitality. So the miracles of Jesus have a certain family style. These seven signs will not have their full effect on us until we recognize the daily miracle of wine of red blood cells fighting infection, of grain someday in some way, and I don't know how, becoming bread. Even those who make it don't know how it happens. Of babies miraculously forming in a mother's womb. So here's my final exhortation to you. Join the family business. Physicians, physicians, Go to work and continue the ministry of healing that Jesus began. The early church, when there were plagues in Rome, they stayed. They stayed with their family. And three out of four of the people with these plagues recovered. They recovered from this plague. And the church had a reputation for being miracle workers, okay? And now we have hospitals. Brewers, boil those hops and bottle those beverages and then give them to me. (laughs) Join the family business. Join Bill Bledsoe at the food pantry in feeding 5,000 hungry people over and over again. Join the family business. The Apostle John saw And touched, he reclined at table in Jesus' lap, ate fish with the physically resurrected Jesus, and when Jesus returns, he will make all things new again, just as he did at the beginning. And at this table, at his table, there will be feasting, drinking, and more joy than you can ever imagine. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Christchurch, visit us at Christchurchws.org. Subscribe to our podcast at our website, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts.